This is the happy hour. You guys going to happy hour? Coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America. Yeah, I'll maybe I'll come for a couple. Here are your hosts, Nick Sainert. I want to know what it's like to commit a crime without having to spend time in jail. And Enrique Alvarez Clary. C is for chunk. <laughs> Brought to you by Empire Fence and Netting on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Good afternoon. Happy Friday. We've made it. Congratulations. Only a a couple more hours to go. Nick Sainert and Enrique Alvarez. Clary with you as usual. Rico, what's up, man? Happy Friday. Hello. Happy Friday, everyone. What's, uh, how's your day going? So far, so good. Um, just doing a lot of work up front and, uh, preparing to, uh, go to the women's basketball game tomorrow. Uh, Before we get into that, 402-464-5685, the Honda Lincoln Hotline, the Sarder Heyman text line. Both those open for you guys the entire show today. Um, As Rico said, Husker women's basketball game tomorrow. So the the closer we get to this weekend, the more and more excited I'm becoming because this has the the possibility of being a pretty awesome weekend to be a Husker fan. Mm-hmm. Like Nebraska women's basketball starts off tomorrow at one p.m. against number seven Iowa. Which one p.m. is a great time. I agree for weekend games. One p.m. is a agree. great time for a weekend. Game. I agree. I I hundred percent agree. You don't have to get out of the house too early. You can you can kind of hang out, do whatever, do some stuff in the morning if you need to. Take the kids after, after a nap so they don't have, yeah, have to worry then, about them being upset at the game. See, I'm not I'm I'm not familiar with that. So thank you for that, Rico. It's, it's very important. And then you still have plenty of time after the game. You have the game will be done by three thirty. You have plenty of time. Go somewhere downtown. Yes. So, um, speaking of, they've been pushing this to be a sellout today or tomorrow um, for the Huskers and Hawkeyes game. And it was according to Nebraska a little bit ago, they have sold just north of twelve thousand tickets. Twelve thousand two hundred. Yeah, just a little bit over that. So and and. PBA's capacity, if you don't know, is fifteen five, so it's fifteen thousand five hundred seats. They need three thousand three hundred more people. Which Rico and I were kind of quickly br- discussing before we came on the air. Like they'll probably get that in walk-ups, you would think. Well, so they have what like a little bit less than twenty four hours now that it's one twelve um, to get all of that. You'll think. They'll get a decent amount of – they don't get 3,000 walk-ups, but they'll get a decent amount of walk-ups. But leading up until that time, you could get somewhere in the 14 probably mm-hmm. before walk-ups. 1,400 you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So, we'll so I mean, here that's the – I mean, let's be honest, guys. Um, Nebraska women's basketball is kind of in a, in a struggle on, – on the struggle bus right now. Uh, fell to Minnesota. They blew that twenty point or ten point lead rather mm-hmm. at uh, or against Illinois at home last time. They were in PBA. They need. I think tomorrow they they have an opportunity not only to re 
assert themselves into the NCAA tournament discussion once again. Uh, the the bracketology just came out for Husker women's basketball, and they are the first uh, part of that first four out list. So the uh, top four teams that don't make the tournament, that's where they're kind of at after their loss against Minnesota on Wednesday. They are literally the first team. Yeah, out. so they're they're on the the brink. Um, they need all the help they can get, and and a team or excuse me, a win tomorrow against the number seven team in the country would do just that. Obviously, it's going to be a quad one win. It'd be a, a top ten win. It'd be another conference win under their belt, mm-hmm. um, where if you want to look at maybe a little of a, of a sooner scope, then it'll help for seeding at the Big Ten Women's Basketball Tournament the first week of March as well. And then on top of Saturday night or Saturday afternoon's game, on Sunday, Husker men's basketball will host Maryland. And this is a huge one because Nebraska men's basketball is in this really weird spot where, and and Austin and I kind of talked about it on Tuesday, Rico, when you were gone. The roller coaster of what it's been like to be a Husker basketball fan this year is is insane to like kind of think back on it. And just as a general Husker fan, if you want to you know add in Husker football as well, like Husker basketball, it, it started out on okay, this team is beating the teams they're supposed to beat. They're avoiding losses to like a Kennesaw State. They're avoiding losses. Um, they they beat Queens in the fashion they were supposed to beat a team like that in. You didn't have that that, that major meltdown loss that yes. you kind of expected the past couple seasons. Yeah, there was no incarnate word. There was no Kennesaw State. There was no Southern Utah. Like mm-hmm. there, there's no you took care of business. Yeah, you did what you were supposed to do. And so it was like, all right, finally Nebraska is do, is doing that. Um, you're now multiple games over five hundred for the first time yes, in quite some time. Yes, you're right. They reached double digits, double digit wins relatively a month early, and a half before they did last year. And so, like you were sitting here going, "All right, cool, everything's kind of cooking." And and yes, the Big Ten is is a gauntlet, and it's a it's a really difficult conference. And Nebraska was never going to be in the top four or anything like that. But you saw teams like Northwestern that were playing well, and and then Nebraska. Another thing throughout this roller coaster was Nebraska. Whenever they would lose a game, they wouldn't dwell on it, and they wouldn't um, let that let that negative energy or that loss kind of spill or or creep into the following game. Mm-hmm. They, they were able to stop it and bounce back. And then you had the two injuries, right? Just a couple, like a week and a half apart, you had the two injuries to Emmanuel Bandamel and Juwan Gary. Um, and it was like, all right. We don't know if Nebraska men's basketball is going to win another game. Mm-hmm. Like that—that that was where we were at, and now here they are, firmly in the potential to have an NIT berth if they're able to win three of their last four games. If, yeah. And they—they they stole, they steal one on the road at Rutgers. They mm-hmm. come back from seventeen points down at home to Wisconsin, and. I don't Probably think I don't games. think NIT is is like out of the question. I don't think that's I don't I don't think they'd make it right now if the season were to end today. Yeah, it's not a foregone conclusion like, that they do make it, but it's still in the realm of possibility if you if you win a couple more games. Mm-hmm. There's still a possibility that you could get an invite to the NIT. Now, barring craziness, you're not making the NCAA tournament. So that's out of the question. Your tournament is if you win the Big 10 tournament. Yeah, the, but like I said, barring craziness, you're not making the NCAA tournament, but an NIT appearance is still possible, even with you know not the great. Although it would help you immensely, not the greatest showing in the Big Ten tournament. If you win a couple more games to end the regular season, mm-hmm. you are sitting squarely on yeah. the radar of the NIT committee. If Nebraska wins three of their next four games, 
they will finish the season 16 and 15 and 9 and 11 in the conference. Six, they, they would finish over, over 500, 500 when both, and, and that is without two of your starters since January 21st. Probably, in all honesty, they would probably have to play on Wednesday, unfortunately, because Penn State is kind of the, the one team that you can catch, and their remaining schedule goes like this. At Minnesota, at Ohio State. That At Ohio State game is interesting. Ohio State is... Rutgers at home, Penn State at Northwestern, and Maryland at Penn State. So... There are a couple there that I would I would say toss up. Yeah. And you don't you don't want to play this like comparing game like all right Penn State if if they win this game if they lose this game we're what's their gonna, record we're not going to do that but that's the that's the most realistic team that Nebraska could catch I suppose because it's also the team in front of them in the standings mm-hmm. but you sit here and you go okay where if the season ended today what's Penn State Penn State's fifteen and eleven mm-hmm. and in overall. And so if they were to go 500, or excuse me, let's say they go 3-2 and two the rest of the way, they're going to be 18-13 and 13 in their entire season. But Nebraska here, 16-15, and 15, which is just, once again, it, it to contribute to the roller coaster again, that's, of... That's if they win three, of, the three of their four. last four. Go 2-2? Two and two? Yeah, they go 2-2, two and two, then they're going to be 15-15 and 15 this season. Which either finishing one game under, one game over, or at five hundred, yeah. Barring taking into account the two injuries that happened, is a major accomplishment. Taking into account the fact that you finished way under five hundred the past three seasons is a major accomplishment. You look at the start of the season, you were probably expecting a like I I don't know if you were expecting five hundred or a little bit better than five hundred, but I know I was saying. In order for Fred to keep his job, you have to finish at least one game over 500, and that's still on the pos- it's still on the running. Which after none Emmanuel of us, none and of us ex- after Emmanuel and Juwan went down, there's I I didn't think that they were going to win another game. As a cloud leader at Deloitte, I get to work every day with innovators who don't just wonder what's possible; they engineer it with cloud. If you're one of those people, you'll like Deloitte's OnCloud podcast, where my co-host Mike Cavis and I talk with business leaders and explore how to use cloud to impact business models, revenue streams, workplace cultures, AI adoption, and more. Join me, David Lenticum, by subscribing to OnCloud, where you get your podcasts. And, and with that, let's say Nebraska wins three of their last four. Honest. Wins three of their last four. Now, this is the second straight season that Nebraska has an opportunity to end the season on a high note. You remember last year, they they won the game at Wisconsin and at Ohio State to end the year last season. Mm-hmm. And now Nebraska, if you think about what they've done, they ruined Penn State's chances to, or at least contributed to, Penn State's uh, lack of ability to make the NCAA tournament coming up. Mm-hmm. You played spoiler against Wisconsin at home after after you came back from seventeen points down, That's and to and you played spoiler against Rutgers. You may have ruined the tournament berths for three Big Ten teams. I agree. And, may and, have. And, and in addition to all of this, don't forget that Iowa, who is currently seventeen and nine in the conference, you beat them by sixteen earlier this year, mm-hmm. and so. Like it really is a bummer 
as we kind of look back, and obviously hindsight, it's easier to kind of take things into account, but as you look back, there are a couple games that, that as a Nebraska fan, you sit there and go, dang, it would have been really nice to have that one, not only for what it would have given your program, but you would also be interested to see how those programs would be after a Nebraska loss, i.e. Purdue. I was going to say, can you imagine I if mean, they would have per- beaten so, Purdue? So Purdue, if you would have won the game at home against Illinois, if you would have been able to be a little more respectable on the road at Michigan or Indiana at home, because okay. I believe they played Indiana at home. I can't remember. Or no, maybe they just played them on the road. Indiana was but either way, on the road. I, I, they played them on the road. Yeah. But either way, it's like we've seen flashes from this team. And, and just kind of going back in the last year or so from now, mm-hmm. Nebraska's beaten Wisconsin on the road. They beat Ohio State on the road. They beat Rutgers on the road. They've beaten Iowa by 16 at home. They've come back from down 17 at one point to Wisconsin. They beat Penn State at home. Uh, like there, there have been, and once again, this season especially, you could argue that they've won the games that, on paper, you would expect them to win. The Minnesota one on the road, that tough, gritty um, overtime win on the road at Minnesota. That game was they, gross. They beat Ohio State at home just like they should have. Mm-hmm. The only issue is, is that it's been sprinkled in with the 20-point loss at home to Illinois, the blowout loss on the road to Michigan State, the blowout loss on the road to Illinois, the 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 disappointing loss at home against Northwestern and Purdue. Mm-hmm. And so when you look at the last couple couple months, though, is and taking into everything into account, when you talk about Fred Hoiberg's future and the job status and things like that, this is now a, a, my personal opinion has kind of flip-flopped to where, all right, now this is the second straight year that Nebraska has an opportunity to kind of end on a high note. If Nebraska is able to win three of their last four, or even two of their last two, if you win three of your last four, you will be 16 and 15 overall, and you have had one and end of the season on a five of six game winning streak. You've won five of your last six to end the season. And last season, you ended on a little bit of a high note as well. And so when you I, I like now we're getting to the point here where you start to talk about continuity and what's coming back next season, and we've talked about it extensively. Mm-hmm. It's like, all right, cool. You have Jamarcus Lawrence now, and you have Blaze Cada, who we can see is is has the ability to make an impact. Um yeah, you'll lose Derek Walker and Sam Greasel, but maybe you get a guy like Kase Tominaga to come back or Maybe Eli Rice, the true freshman from IMG Academy, who's going to be their lone recruit in this class, will be able to come in and, and provide a spark. Make or Ramel, Ramel Lloyd Jr., who's redshirting this year. Or, or Q McPherson. Like, Maybe Will Hope takes that step. And, and, also, and also whoever they add from the transfer portal. Because it's, it's going to happen. It's inevitable. Mm-hmm. Look, there's going, to be some, there's going to be somebody or multiple somebodies who, who end up leaving the team. And there's going to be somebody or multiple somebodies who end up joining the team via mm-hmm. the transfer portal. It's just, it's the way that things are. It's kind of the way that Fred Hoiberg has built his roster. It's just something that's going to happen. And you're just going to have to bank on the fact that what they do have returning, whoever they can convince to stay with this team, is going to be better for what they went through this season. Yeah. Is going to be better for what they went through the previous seasons, however many seasons they've been with Nebraska, that this coming year 
with the with the players that they have currently waiting on the bench, with the players that they currently have playing who might be back next season, that they are able to take what they've learned and use it towards success in the coming seasons because Fred Hoiberg has shown that even losing his two best defensive players, two players that they were banking on having major impacts for this team this year, even after losing them, they were able to come together, you know, use some guys who probably weren't expecting to play a lot of minutes mm-hmm. and win some games down the stretch that, that really help uh, build the momentum going into the offseason, going into next season, and hopefully going into a postseason berth. Wherever that may be. Well, and here's another thing is, uh, although nobody's really excited to write home about it, Nebraska will will have the potential, I'm sure, to have uh, potentially the CBI, which is, I mean, obviously the tournament below the NIT. Um, But nonetheless, it's postseason exposure and experience for for Fred Hoiberg and his staff, which which hasn't seen exposure in the in the postseason past the Big Ten tournament. Um, all all the see, all the years that he's been here. I mean, that's still something that yeah, something that you haven't been able to do is is go anywhere in the postseason, go Which anywhere it, after the regular. Season. It's fascinating after throughout this season the conversation and the narrative that's kind of switched around Fred Hoiberg, because at the beginning of the year it's it's all right. This ha- this has to be his last year. Like he mm-hmm. retire, we can't we can't keep losing. It was how many games and into the season before he gets fired? And now it's this to where it's like wow, he's done kind of a, a heck of a job keeping everything intact despite losing two of your key pieces and still figuring out a win a way to win Big Ten games that, oh, by the way, a conference like the Big Ten is probably going to get seven or eight berths into the NCAA tournament again this season. So I mean, switching up his crazy entire mantra from an offensive guru, which he still is. I'm not going to take that away from him, but from your team being mostly offensive mm-hmm. and getting shots up and we're going to make more shots than the other team to – Playing a much more defensive game and taking good shot, great shots when you can get them instead of we're going to be faster than them and we're going to get more shots up. The way that they were able to switch things up and Fred Hoiberg was able to adapt to the Big Ten. It took four years, but still, mm-hmm. the way that he was able to adapt to the Big Ten this season and show that they can have some success playing this bas- this style of basketball, again, very impressive. And if they can finish a game over 500 or at 500. I'm hopeful that that buys him another year. Feel free to send us your thoughts, 402-464-5685, the Honda looking hotline, the Sutter Heyman text line. OG Les Lancaster says, wouldn't it just be rad as hell if Rule, Hoiberg, and Bolt all get things going at a high level? Dude, OG, man. I mean, you have to throw in volleyball in there as well, and if, if women's basketball can get – they have a high-level recruiting class coming in. Softball is facing some of the top-tier talent this year – or, excuse me, this weekend in, in their tournament down in Clearwater, Florida. Uh, but like you said, baseball and Will Bolt, they will start their season tonight against San Diego at 8 p.m. as first pitch. I believe Emmett Olsen gets the nod on the on the rubber in game one for, for Husker baseball. So – Make sure you the the link will be on Huskers dot com to watch it, or mm-hmm. they'll probably tweet it out as well. So um, that's it's free stream. It's a free stream to watch. At least that's what they're advertising. That's what they said. Um, so hopefully, hopefully all things will stay intact. Um, but yeah, eight p.m. tonight, Husker baseball gets their season rolling. A new look Husker baseball team that we talked to Kyle Perry. We I mean we've talked to DPS had Lance Harvell, the assistant coach for Nebraska, on as well. Um, we've heard from Will Bolt a couple times this preseason as well a new look Huskers um, they've added 20 plus guys for the third straight season uh, so a lot of new faces and one guy that I would 
tell Husker fans to kind of get excited about without placing too many expectations. Freshman third baseman Dylan Carey from the Denver area in Colorado. Uh, he is he is going to be one guy to watch. Um, he'll he'll get the nod at third base to start things off. Max Anderson will move over to second base, and Bryce Matthews will play. Uh, shortstop for mm. for the big red. That so. middle of the infield's looking nice. Yeah, Max Anderson, potentially a, a draft prospect after this year. By the way, so um, some just kind of keep your eyes on us as we go forward. Is it weird to say that I hope this is his last year with Nebraska? <laughs> if it is, then that means he had a heck of a season. Exactly. So, um, and, and potentially, I mean, as he goes, probably Nebraska will go as well. Um, let's go ahead and get to break. When we come back, I, I want to keep it baseball really quickly because so. After the crossover yesterday, and we were talking about um, over/under win totals for major league teams. By the way, the Cubs hammer the over seventy-seven and a half. Don't do it. Don't do it. Um, they actually there was a survey that was taken. We're not going to talk about. I have to this. write it on the board. I'm not, not going to talk about this, but the, this, there was a survey that was taken that out of twenty-nine voters, according to the Athletic, eighteen said that the Cubs were in the top five of improved franchises in the major leagues this offseason. Season Rico, you suck. Rico, Rico. They signed nine free agents mm-hmm. north of $300 million total Just because in contracts. you spent a lot of money doesn't mean they're going to be good. You can say the same thing about the Yankees. No, they're always good, though. They're good in the regular season. They're always good. How have you been in the How have you been in postseason? How have you been in the postseason? Minus we have, we have one. a World Series. Minus your one. Cubs have a World Series. So I Yankees. shouldn't say we. The Cubs. the Cubs have a World Series. Um, let's get to break. We talk Major League Baseball rule changes when we come back because it's, it's the Major Leagues are in a weird spot right now because they're trying to make it interesting and enjoyable for the, the spectator. I'm not sure if these will really do it. You'll have to let us know on the text line when we come back on the happy hour. Follow Nick and Enrique on Twitter at Nick underscore Sainert and at Radio Rico AC. More of Happy Hour is next on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. As a cloud leader at Deloitte, I get to work every day with innovators who don't just wonder what's possible. They engineer it with cloud. If you're one of those people, you'll like Deloitte's OnCloud podcast, where my co-host Mike Cavis and I talk with business leaders and explore how to use cloud to impact business models, revenue streams, workplace cultures, AI adoption, and more. Join me, David Linthicum, by subscribing to OnCloud, where you get your podcasts. 